Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Wow. Um, my name is uh, Pastor Steve Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. So I want to remind you that if you're listening to us through the simulcast uh, during the hours of 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock p.m. here on Monday evenings, we're so glad to have you. If you're listening to us on any other social media platforms or during any other times of the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliveranceGod.com and give us the times, the dates, and the locations that you or platforms that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airways, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear any of our content through any other means, it is the result of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. And all of those who participate in any Internet piracy can be prosecuted by federal agents. Now, having said all that, we can get down to the business of the kingdom. So go ahead and get a pen and some paper. And if you have any comments or questions about the ministry tonight, when we get to the end of the broadcast, we will give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make those comments. And with that being said, I'll go ahead and sanctify this time that we have together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this place and this time because of your word, your spirit, and your love. Live big in me. I now decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word, the bread of life. Jesus revealed to us the Father and draw us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace as we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For you've made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirit and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, I pray. Well, beloved, this is part four of your victory is guaranteed. And what I'm wanting to do here is to to get us to be so centered on the word of God that, that, that we won't be moved off our square, is what people would say, Uh, but that we would just be steadfast. See, we go through life, and God has equipped us with a plan, a process, and provisions that make our walk easy, that make our walk filled with light. That's what it says in Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse 28 through 30. And uh, we've dug into that uh, 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 nicely, and if you haven't been with us, please go back and uh, go to uh, LiveDeliverance.com or uh, Blog Talk Radio and uh, look up Pastor Steve Lee and just get the last three or four uh, ministry broadcasts so that you can, again, put your heart in the position 
for what God is doing in this season. Beloved, God did not want you to go through perpetual doom, gloom, trials, and tribulation. Amen? In fact, the Bible says that uh, whatever you're challenged with or whatever you're facing, he said it was a light affliction. Amen. So a light affliction, to me, in my understanding, a light affliction would be something that passes quickly, A, or something that does not have a, a major impact in my life. So if, if we see believers struggling and wandering around in the fog, to me that does not resemble inheritance. That's the what, what Jesus left for us. He left for us inheritance. He didn't leave for us uh, toil. Amen. See, Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law, from the curse of toil, anxiety, fear, frustration. He came to deliver us from that. He told us, come unto me all who are laboring and are heavy laden. He says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So then if we are functioning day by day in, 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 in what it feels like oppression, then we need to go back and hear his word and then apply the word to our heart so that out of our heart can flow the issues of life. Somewhere in the process, we have dammed up the works. The, the, the flow is not happening. And that's real easy to fix, beloved. That shouldn't take uh, 20 or 30 years because, again, he said that this affliction was a light affliction. And even though that the affliction is there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, huh, just turn over there. Let's just, let's just look at that so that you can see it. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse I think it's 18. Verse 17, it says, for this for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. See? So then if, if we're going through something uh, year after year, then we didn't apply the word. We didn't believe what God said. He wrote this down for us if we would find ourselves in this position or condition. See? Start at verse, ah, Lord Jesus. Start at verse 14, verse 13. All right, I'm not going back up no further. I'm going to stop there. Verse 13. See, when you find yourself in a situation uh, that, that that's not working for your good, because all things are supposed to work together for your good, then you go and find out where the, the flow has been stopped. And he says, we having the same spirit of faith, not a different one, we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe God, therefore have I spoken. We also uh, believe and therefore we speak. See, the, the, there's two components to cause this flow to work. We believe and therefore we speak. Okay, we don't speak to believe. He said, we believe, therefore speak. 
See, they, they're, they're, some of the things that would uh, stop the flow is we would say things hoping, thinking, wishing that they would come to pass. No, we've got to believe and then speak. Look at Circle these things in your Bible. Underline them. Put stars there so that you will know the steps. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a minute again. He says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, and we speak knowing, okay? We don't speak guessing. We don't speak wishing. We speak knowing. As he said in First uh, John uh, chapter 5, verse 13, 14, it says that if we ask anything, of course, this is the confidence, confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. See? We believe also, and therefore we speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and present us with you for all things, for all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound unto the glory of God. For this cause we faint not. See, we're not those that, 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 that endure for but a season because he's going to tell us that the end is already promised to us so that we should have that expectation and nothing else. Beloved, I would like for you to remove from your thinking all of the the purported possibilities of failure. You cannot fail, beloved. Not if you do what he said. If you do what the Bible says, you will have Bible results every time, all the time. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it, shall he not make it good? Has he not spoken it, shall he not bring it to pass? See, this is what we can count on. We can know this, see? So that as you know this, you should be speaking from what you know, okay? He said, we having the same spirit according of faith, according it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall also raise us up by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace, <laughs> that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Did he say the, 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 the abundance of crying, begging, and pleading? He said that the abundance of grace. Beloved, everything that comes at you, there's a grace for that that God has given you. I'll say that again. Everything that's in front of you, that's confronting you, there is a grace from God that's already present so that you can win. It's not a grace that's coming. It's a grace that's already here. The abundant grace. All right, so we can see that. An abounding grace. Okay? That's a grace that's more than enough. That's the way he introduced himself. I am El Shaddai, the God that is 
more than enough. See, it does not matter what you're facing. Your God is more than enough. See, the abundant grace. Like through thanksgiving of many. Come on. Like through thanksgiving. Sometimes we appropriate things uh, the wrong way. You know, we'll hear the scripture and think that we're supposed to thank God for the trouble. No, it says in everything give thanks. Okay? That's the position you believe, therefore speak. In everything. See? Not for everything. Okay? That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory for of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light of fiction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, I need for you to understand this. He says that whatever you're going through, it's a light affliction, but the affliction might not even know that it's working for you. It's not working on you, beloved. It's working for you. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. All right, we'll just go here. If if once he said it is an eternal weight of glory, that means that it has to address your now or it cannot be eternal. Okay? I want you to think and process that. If it does not address your now, it cannot be eternal. Eternal has to be from the time it was written through to the end. That's the only way eternal is understood. So it's not like when we get to heaven, we expect to see some breakthrough. No, it has to be eternal. Okay? He said it works for us a far more exceeding. Again, the grace that's there, the grace that's present, where sin did abound, much more did grace abound. See? So then whatever you're facing, you have a grace that's more than enough. Your little light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That's why we can say uh, uh, things have to work for your good because the scales are going to be uh, balanced for you a far more exceeding weight. Put all of the trouble on one side, and on the other side, there is a far more exceeding weight of glory. Amen. This is why Jesus was not troubled or pressed about anything. See? Because he walked in, he walked in that far more exceeding weight of glory. Amen. The Bible refers to him as the, the glory of God. 
This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, the one that was full of glory. Amen. We beheld, what did you look, when you saw Jesus, he said, what do you see? You beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten son of the father. See? And he came so that he can allow you to participate in this far more exceeding weight of glory that's going to be eternal. All right, all right, all right. So let's just hear some things, make sure we get it. So as this weight is eternal, then that means whenever it is to be released, it has to be there. It's not me going to work up, you know, and I get how we got this this thinking, but it was wrong. The weight is already there, okay? He said the weight was already working. Is that correct? So if the weight is working, if the weight is working, it has to be already there. He didn't say the weight would be coming. Amen. He said the weight is already working. See, we're of a mindset that that some kind of way, you know, God's going to get started. No, he's already working. See, please see this. Please come to the place where you understand that whatever you're facing, he said, first of all, it's a light affliction. And while you see the light affliction, know this, understand this, have confidence in, in this, that it is working for you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. See? Look look at that. I mean, that, that, that gives me all kind of hope and confidence. It's like that picture that, that you saw the, 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 the characters just uh, laughing and slapping the ground, slapping each other, and said, the devil said, what? He has no power. He's a toothless lion who's walking about seeking those that he can devour. He cannot devour everybody. He's just seeking those. He's trying to see if you're going to give up your confidence. Or are you going to say, no, 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 no. The God that made promise to me is the God that's, um, the one that made promise to me is the one that's bringing victory. He's got guaranteed. Your victory is guaranteed, beloved far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen. So if you perpetually are trying to think that it's good for you to remind God of all of your trouble, well, he said here that this eternal weight of glory works for us when we look, while we look not at the things which are seen. Amen. So if you're going to look at your trouble and magnify your trouble, instead of magnifying the Lord with me, you're magnifying your trouble and reminding God of all of the, 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 the yak that you are going through. He says, no, what I need for you to do is practice not looking at those things which I've seen. I don't have a problem with you acknowledging them, and as soon as you acknowledge them, then tell them what to do. Amen. You have that power that's been given unto you. 
See, you're the one that can declare and decree a thing, and it shall be established. You can stop the, the onslaught by saying what God said, that you can declare and decree. We believe also having this spirit of faith. And because we believe, then we speak. So as I'm understanding that, if I'm in the position of believing, then I don't enter into doubt, do I? I don't leave the place of believing and enter into doubt. I don't leave the place of victory and enter into fear. But if I'm going to always look at the things which are seen, I'm probably going to enter into fear, enter into doubt, and enter into unbelief. Why? Because I'm looking at the things which are seen. He says, this far exceeding weight of glory that is eternal, he says, if, if you want that to work, while we look not at the things which are seen, but we do look at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen, they are temporal or temporary or subject to change. The things that are seen don't have a choice but to change. Why? Because I'm going to decree and declare, and that which I decree and declare, having the same spirit of faith, believing, therefore, I speak. Okay? I want you to see how God laid it out for it to work in our lives. While we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay. You remember Psalms 23, God said he will prepare for you a table in the very presence of your enemies. Okay. So as he prepares this table before you in the presence of your enemies, that comes out of that eternal promise. And so look at it. Here you are. You got enemies and a dinner. Which one are you going to look at? Amen. See, while we don't look at the things that are temporary, we don't look at those. God has a perpetual feast, an eternal feast for me. I'm going to look at the position he put me in so that I can eat even though my enemies are there. I mean, can you can you see the rest to your soul in that? Here your enemies are coming in to destroy you, and you simply sitting down having a meal. Amen. Ain't worried about it at all. I, I'm going to sit down and enjoy the presence of God, the one who has provided this meal for me. I'm not going to be sitting up here worrying about what you can. You can't do nothing to me because I'm not going to look at the things that are seen. I'm going to look at the things that are not seen or the things that are eternal. See? You accelerate your victory by doing that. If you're going to get caught up in the things that you see, then that's going to become a roadblock to you. But if you would keep your eye looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher, developer of our faith. 
He wants us to do that because your victory, beloved, is guaranteed. Remember, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That means you must have it. His very presence should tell you that you have the victory. But we haven't been trained that way. We think that when we see the enemy, that that means, oh, we're going to have to, we're going to go through stuff. No, I'm at the end of it. Glory to God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's forget it that way. Okay. Did he not promise you in Isaiah 54 that no weapon formed against you shall prosper? Okay. So then when you recognize that the, the, the weapon has been formed, that's the end of the weapon. It cannot prosper. It cannot grow because you've already seen it as the weapon that's formed. I hope you got that. When you can identify the challenge, it's over right there. Because no weapon that is formed shall prosper. Amen. You can stop the whole thing because you recognize, okay, this is not of God. This is of the devil. This is a weapon formed. So since I recognize it as a weapon that is formed against me, that's the end of that prosperity. It can't work anymore. It cannot prosper. At the understanding of, at the revelation of the, of the problem, the problem is defeated. While we look not at the things which are seen, but we keep our eyes on the thing that's not seen, the thing that is eternal. Because this light affliction is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I'm hoping that you can see that, that when you're challenged with something, God wants you to apply glory to it. Amen. He wants you to apply glory. Because every time you release the glory of God, which is in you, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the glory may be of God. That everybody, all the demons will see that this was God's plan from Jump Street. Why? Because these are the people that are on the earth that I placed glory in. You're crowned with it, beloved. See? You got to know and understand that the the, the covenant that you have with God is a covenant of victory. That's what it is. So in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 and following, we, we, we can, again, collaborate the scriptures, put the scriptures together. Let the scriptures become the rope of salvation for you. Glory to God. Tie them together. Weave them together. Let them become strong. Say. Because you will see this scripture and you will connect this scripture with that scripture. And then you are causing a binding of the scriptures that you know, understand, and perceive. And as you do that, then your, 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 your uh, rope of salvation is easy to hold on to. And, 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 and as I was coming up, you know, when they say you at the end of your rope, 
They would say, well, tie a knot in the rope and hold on. See, I would rather tell you to tie or connect scriptures together and hold on. See? Because as I connect scriptures together, that becomes my pathway of victory. That becomes the thing that I now walk in. And God says, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. That, that they, they recognize that their steps are ordained for victory. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. See, this is our path. I just keep weaving scriptures together in my heart. I keep weaving scriptures together in my heart and in my mind so that I can be renewed in the spirit of my mind. See, that I would... I would bring every thought into captivity until that thought obeys Christ. See? So then I'm causing myself to be conformed into his image because he only did what he heard the Father say. He only did what he saw the Father do. We have the same spirit of faith, believe, therefore, we believe also, therefore we speak. See? Because we understand that these are my created, ordained steps. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained, that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in times past, Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the, in the flesh made by hand. So that he's asking us now to learn how to put confidence in the spirit and no confidence in the flesh. Because when I utilize my flesh, I'm going to stain, ooh, God. When I utilize my flesh, I'm going to stain a promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When I'm utilizing my flesh, and all I'm doing is causing stains to come up on the promise. You know what they call, wow, Lord, you know what they call a, a stained promise? They call it compromise, compromise. Amen. I stain it with my thinking. See? I stain it in my flesh. I stain it with my fear, with my unbelief. Because it's that which is now made by flesh. I'm hoping y'all can see that. Okay? We, 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 we shouldn't apply it that way. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See? You, you don't have to stain it through your understanding. Did he not tell you, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding? In all your ways, simply acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. There are steps that are preordained that we should walk in them. Remember that. He says that when you did this, when you thought, when you put your, when you stained your promise and caused it to be a calm promise, he says that you go through the process that at that time you were without Christ, 
You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers from the covenant of promise. You didn't have any hope. You were without God in the situations that you were in in the world. He said, that's not the way he wants you to live. He doesn't want you to be without God. He's the one that said, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. So why then do we leave him? Why then do we abandon him? Why do we uh, participate in calm promise instead of just holding on to the promise, weaving one word with another word, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept? Why, why don't we just do that? Just continually weave the word into our heart. Continually weave the word into our mind. Continually weave the word into our mouth. We also believe, therefore speak. But now, in Christ, you who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. See? So if I find myself without peace, then I've got to utilize the, 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 the pathway of the blood of Christ. Because he, he gave us that blood so that we can be cleansed. He gave us his name so that we can stand firm. He is our peace. See? He's already broken down the middle wall, he said. They say he's going to break it down. It didn't say he will be our peace. It says he is our peace. My, my, my victory is guaranteed because he is my peace. Okay? So what we want to do is we want to deal with the, the knowledge of the blood covenant because all of this is what he said. He said that we were able now, who were uh, we were without hope. We were strangers uh, from the covenants of promise. We were uh, aliens from the commonwealth. Glory to God. It's just aliens from the commonwealth. This was not the special wealth. This was commonwealth. And everybody can get in on this. Come on, y'all. This, uh, this is for public consumption here. But we, that's good, sir. This is for public consumption. But we think that I'm the only one going through that. So I take myself out of the commonwealth. Amen. You see how the devil does that? He makes you isolate yourself. So as soon as you isolate yourself, you depart from the commonwealth of Israel. Amen. Then you become strangers from the covenants of promise. Oh, Lord, please look at that. Please look at that. Verse 12, look at that. Mm-mm-mm. I like all the little words because Jesus said we can live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He says we become aliens from the commonwealth. Ain't nobody been through this. I don't nobody understand me. You become aliens from, you stop using the commonwealth of Israel, and then you become strangers from the covenant. Mm. It didn't say strangers of the covenant. In other words, there was a departure. Strangers from. You're listening to other things. You're doing exactly what Adam did. Adam listened at the devil and left the guarantees that God has already given him. 
he started hanging out with, with conversations that the devil had. And, and the conversation was that if you eat this fruit, then you'll be like God, which has the understanding and connotation that you are not like God. And that's what people deal with and have the issues with because they think that, that, that they are they are a different class of what, than what God made them. God made them after his image in his likeness. Okay? He didn't make them a, a sub-heir. He made them heirs, connected at the highest level, connected at the God level. And then we try to go and connect at the human level. Well, I don't deserve that. Ain't got nothing to do with deserve. It's got everything to do with promise. Amen. Promise was made to you before, while you were yet sinners. Promise was made to you before you deserved it. Because he wanted you to enjoy all. Come on, look at that. See? Because if you think that you have to deserve it to enjoy it, then you're going you're gonna to recognize that you didn't deserve it. So he said, I'm going to promise them while they were yet sinners. So I removed their ability to think that they have to deserve because this was my pleasure. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the whole kingdom. It was not the, the Father's pleasure to make you earn the kingdom. See? We've been trained wrong. See, and it shows up in, in the way we approach God, the, the way we think God wants us to, to enjoy things. See? It says that you became aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. And you became strangers from the covenants of promise. And because you left the covenants of promise and went to a, another way of thinking, you know, I, I, I get it. I, I, I do understand that this 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 um battle is 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 done in the mind. And so then the devil will bring to your thinking people that have either failed or or, or not lived up to, didn't understand. And so then you compare yourselves among yourselves or by yourselves and the Bible says that's just not wise. See? So you begin to become self-centered, and at that point, you become aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the promises, having no hope and ending up without God in the world. Here you are trying to find victory without God. So, okay, good. Come on, come on. Look at this. Look at this. You try to find victory without God. That means you're going to end up being those that are trying to operate in the flesh and making it by their hand. Instead of, my God, my God, instead of allowing it to be made in the spirit, you're trying to make it with your hands in the flesh. Hmm. See? So then you, 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 you don't do what's necessary for victory, you do what's busy and call it the pursuit of happiness. See? You were 
without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth, and strangers from the covenant, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. That's what we want to talk about and deal with it. Get into the covenant assurance. See, because as you become covenant minded, you 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 pursue things from a different perspective. See, the problem is that sometimes we didn't understand covenant. Turn to uh, Genesis chapter fifteen. And I would like for you to study that, uh, 15 and 16. Well, you can go to 18, too. Study the chapters and see what covenant actually is and does. Okay? That, that's what we want to do. I'm trying to stay on point here. See what covenant is and what covenant does. Okay? Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Okay? Covenant starts with the promise from God and is lived out and backed up by that promise from God. And so then Abraham begins to question the word that came. Come on now. It says this was the word of the Lord. Is that correct? <laughs> and, 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 and the word said, <clears throat> I am thy shield, and I am thy exceeding great reward. That was the word of the Lord. How many times in our lives do we hear a word that causes great joy, and we throw that word away because we're looking at the things which are seen? Because his word, the Bible said, it lives and it abides forever. Okay? So then here we go. We hear a promise. We hear a, 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 a prophecy. And we say, okay, good. Now I'm going to judge this prophecy by what I see. And he said, well, you just threw the whole thing away because it's supposed to work when you stop looking at the things that you see and you look at the things that you don't see because the things that you see are temporary. They're going to be changed by that word that you heard. Okay? See, we got to get used to the process, what God is wanting us to do. Because we should be those that protect the word, not abandon it, not give it up. He said this, hide the word in your heart so that you will not miss your uh, you will not miss your portion because he said the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you and sin is better defined as being without a portion okay it has nothing to do with your actions and what you did that's because you were without a portion if you understand or believe that you are without a portion then you're going to do it with your hands you're going to do it in the flesh you're going to grab some from here and some from there, making you now a, a, a thief and a robber instead of believing and having believe speak. Okay. But 
Here's Abraham doing it, and God's trying to teach him. He's trying to teach us, okay? After this, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, wow. I mean, just kind of underline, circle that. Get that in your understanding, that what Abram is going to argue with here, he's arguing with a word, excuse me, he's arguing with the word of the Lord. Okay? And he's going to use what he sees. And Abraham said, heard the word, and then went to arguing with the word. Uh, Lord, what will you give me seeing that I go childless? Wait a minute, please, 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 please. He just told Abram, I am thy shield. I am thy exceeding great reward. And then Abram's question was, okay, well, what will you give me? Excuse me. He just gave you go gave you everything that you needed. I am don't fear it. Come on, y'all. Look at this. He, t- he explains it really easy. He says, fear not. So then the first thing we're gonna to have to deal with is the fear. In order to engage in the promise, you're going to have to remove the fear. I'll say that again. In order to engage in the promise, you're going to have to remove the fear. The word of the Lord came and said, Abraham, deal with the fear. I am. Glory to God. See? I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, what will you give me? The word, the words I am is perfect present tense. The question, what will, is completely the opposite of perfect present tense. It actually stops the process because it says you didn't believe that you got. You didn't believe that you received. You believe that you might be able to receive. I guess that's good. But it's better for us to believe. We believe, therefore, we speak. You see that? See? Sometimes we've been saying things, just letting our mouth move any old kind of way, and not understanding that we are displaying to demons that they can come and mess with us. Because we don't believe that the word that came to us is true. Because he said, what will you give me? I'm looking at no chilling. That's what I'm looking at. He said, and the steward of mouth, to make matters worse, I mean, first of all, you're telling me I'm going to be all of this, but I ain't got a child. So how is all this going to happen? And so the the steward, the one that's supposed to be the, uh, the, the, the recipient of my promise, he says, it's this Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, thou hast not given me a seed, and the one born in my house is mine heir. And God said, Okay, let me say it again. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, <laughs> See, you know, you know, this is good. I hope y'all see this. Look at look at how it happens, how it's displayed. God didn't condemn him, God sent him a fresh word. Amen. He sent him a promise that would help him where he was. Okay? I mean, some kind of way we just have allowed the devil to paint a picture that's just not true about God. See? 
He speaks to us. He gives promise to his people because his promise, glory to God, glory to God, whoa, because his promise causes everything to be accessible. His promise causes everything to be accessible. See? Because everything in this world operates according to his promise, to his word. Everything. And we keep arguing with the word, I guess because our heart is, is, is has been trained to look at it from a different perspective. Abraham is talking out of his experience rather than the revelation that he just got. God gave him a revelation, and the word of the Lord came unto Abraham, saying, that is a revelation. The word wants to reveal to Abraham. But Abraham said, no, I want to talk out of my experience. Do you, do you see how we've done the same thing? God makes promise, and the promise is a, a, a prophecy for us, a word of revelation. Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay, that's good. Um, God speaks into things that you have not yet experienced, but he's already prepared them for you. And so then he sends you a word to tell you what he's already done, and we come back and say, God, will you do? We didn't hear the word that just came. I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. And so Abraham just went back to talking out of his experience. He says, Lord, you have given me no seed. You gave me a promise that can't happen because I don't have a seed. Okay, we'll even go there. Okay. So when God gives you a promise, that is a statement of truth that is yet to come. It is yet to come. It is yet to come. He speaks into your now and gives you your future. He speaks into your now and gives you a prophetic word, your future. But we choose to just look at our past and then try to stop at our now and live from that perspective, past to now, past to now. God speaks into your present, your now, and then opens up your future. I hope you see this, beloved. He speaks into your now. Knowing your past, he still speaks into your now. He gives you promise with, without considering your past. A promise that does not hinge on your past. Come on, y'all. He speaks into your now. A promise that does not is not contingent upon your is not um, mandated by your past. Okay, please get that. He speaks into your now. A promise that is not uh, connected to your past because he's already forgiven your sins. Your sins have been placed in the sea of forgetfulness. So he's not speaking because of your sin. He's speaking because of his love. That's what we went through last week. Take my love or my yoke upon you and learn of me. Don't keep learning about your past. Take my love and learn about my love. I am thy shield. 
I am thy exceeding great reward. But, Lord, I ain't got no seed. And then verse 4 says, okay, we're going to send you another word. And behold the, behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, this shall not be thine heir. I'm not looking from that position. I'm not looking at your past. I have spoken your future. This shall not be thine heir. But he that comes, I mean, God is so specific. God is so specific. He didn't say the one. He said he. Glory to God. Did you see that? I mean, it's a 50-50 chance in our understanding. It's a 50-50 chance that it could have been a daughter. But God said, no, 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 I'm going to be specific. He that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And then notice this. This is what God then does. He recognized that, 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 that you had a problem, okay? And so then he does something. Verse 5, after Abraham said, you know, I, I don't have no seed, God said, I'm going to deal with this by showing you something. Watch this. Verse 5, he brought him forth abroad. He's been talking to him in his vacuum because Abraham was still talking about what he don't have. And so God was talking to him in his vacuum. But then God says, no, I got to change this. God brought him forth abroad. God literally moved him. Not just his understanding, he moved him. Amen. And then he spoke to him from his present to his future instead of from his present to his past. He brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven. He told, his, told him to put his eyes on something other than his mistakes past, all of the failures. He said, now I need for you to look toward promise. Physically, he told him to look towards heaven and count the stars. What was he doing? He was giving him another reference point. And see, a lot of times God is speaking to us and giving us another reference point, and we still go back to the experience rather than the revelation. See? Because he said that when you have a revelation, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the revelation. But if I'm going to go back and, and, and base it on my experience and my past, well, the gates of hell have already closed the revelation for you. They've separated you from the covenants of promise. See? I mean, this is, he has no other plan, beloved. This is all he can ever do. He can't come up with a new thing. Because there's nothing new under the sun. The devil cannot come up with a new way to torture anybody. There is nothing new under the sun. In the sun? Oh, my God. Everything is new. Behold, I make all things new. See? In the sun. That's why in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. So he says, okay, now, he brought him forth and said, look now towards heaven. 
number the stars, if you're able to number them. And then he said, okay, as you know, you can't do that. And he says, now, again, this is the word I'm telling you, so shall thy seed be. This is what I'm looking at, Abe. I'm looking past impossibilities, and I'm giving you guarantees, Abe. So shall. The word shall there is an absolute imperative. That's not, this is what I'd like to have happen. I am now telling you what will happen. This so shall thy seed be. And then it says, now Abe began to join into the, 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 the process. He said, and he believed in the Lord. And he says, that step of saying, okay, God, you're right. You know what you're doing. You know what you want to do. He says, when he did that, that step was counted unto him for righteousness. See? So now, Abraham, righteousness means the state or condition of a thing as it ought to be. So now, Abraham, in this conversation right here, Abraham is now seeing correctly. He's now not, he's no longer looking at what things have been around him, what he sees. He's now looking at that which is, okay, that's good, sir, that which is eternal. Okay, because the phrase, so shall thy seed be, is also active because he didn't say, this is your seed now, this is what your seed is going to be. So that takes him into eternity, doesn't it? Amen. God speaks into your now and opens up to you eternity. And so then it would help us if we would continue to talk from our now to our eternity. Because after all, now faith is. Glory to God. See, I'm talking from my now into eternity. I'm changing the conversation. I'm no longer talking about my past and my failures. I'm talking about my now unto eternity. See? Different position. It was counted to him for righteousness. Okay? And then God said, now, again, I'm going to just say some things to you so that you would understand who I am and where I'm taking you. And the Lord said, notice that with all of the motions, glory to God. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. With all of the motions that you see in here, there was a word that came because of the motions. Okay? Abraham believed God, and that was a motion. And then because of the motion, there was another word. When Abraham doubted God, there was another word, wasn't it? Every time you have a motion, you go in a different direction, whatever the direction is, be it towards God or away from God. Know that there will be a word from God that relates to or deals with your motion. Okay? And it was counted to him for righteousness. That was a step in the right direction. And because of the motion, God says, I am the Lord that brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit. See, God explained it to him one more time. says, I'm God. I brought you out of the land of Ur, of Ur so that I can give you this land to inherit. 
So here we go. Here we go. So 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 things are going to happen in your life differently now because I'm going to cause you to 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 walk in understanding of inheritance instead of trying to walk in work. Okay? Because that which is an inheritance is never worked for. Okay? An inheritance is someone else's desire to bless you. Okay? It's not your effort. It's someone else's desire to bless you. Every time? All the time. So then we are going to have to learn how to walk in these preordained steps. Walk in our inheritance. See? And then begin to, to even cause people to know that you walk by the inheritance. Because you'll talk about it all the time. You know, okay, let's get in the natural. Go back to young love, okay? And so young love, boy meets girl. And girl is infatuated and boy is infatuated. Their conversations change from that point on, don't it? Because almost all they talk about now is the person they're infatuated with. And all of the possibilities that that infatuation opens up in their thinking. They, they they start talking about future now. They can see themselves being married to one. Even though in, in our custom they were way too young, they started thinking about that because now that the spirit, which is now made alive to possibility, begins to come on, y'all. Wow, do you see that? The spirit that has now been opened up to possibilities starts releasing faith. Glory to God. Okay, come on. You can see the girl in, 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 in class writing down a new name, writing down her name with his last name connected to it because now faith is speaking. Come on, y'all. God wants us to be able to do that. He speaks into our now so that we can then open up our future by the words that we're saying, by the faith that we are now releasing. Amen. And as you keep that, that's the thing that causes life to be enjoyed. See? Okay. But when we change and we now go to the place where we're going to put the demands on the person of our affection instead of having our demands put on the revelation that God gave us, see, that's where our, our, our demand is supposed to always be placed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. If I delight in the person that I'm now enamored with, okay, I just threw away my pleasure. He can't give me the desire of my heart now because my heart is disconnected from him. My heart has been placed in the, the, the desires of my heart have been placed in another, and now I start living by demand. I asked you to do this, and you didn't do that. Well, now I'm living by that demand. Instead of the place where the, the expectancy is of the Lord all the time. God is able to direct the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it like the rivers of water. He turns it whithersoever he will. So God will get the person that, 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 that you want to receive things from. He'll get him to turn. That's not an issue. 
But if I'm going to start demanding it, what I just did is I started putting my flesh on it, my hands on it. I want to do uh, to orient how it's going to go, get my timetables together. See, I just left faith. See, because when I was writing down, come on, y'all, when I was writing down the, the names of, of my name and his last name, I was writing in faith. There was nothing that I saw that was going to let that happen. I, I'm still in my mama's and daddy's house, but yet I'm changing my name in my heart's perspective of faith. Okay? I mean, these things, he wants us to, to look at how the natural progression of things have been laid out for us. Okay? But once you do those type things, then you, you need to understand covenant. And I guess I'm going to take a minute here to go and look at this. Okay? So then we, I'm going to do this. It's right here. This is why I want you to study it because I wanted to, to kind of leave these details uh, for you to, uh, to, to, to find. But here we go. Okay? And then Abraham said, okay, okay, okay. I heard you, Lord. So then you have to prove it to me. And then when he said that, whereby shall I, I know that I shall inherit it? Then God says, okay, I'm going to take you into covenant understanding. And so the Lord said, take me a heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took all of these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against the other. But the birds he divided not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcass uh, to, to, to get them, to take them away, the demons came. It says Abraham circled this, underlined this. Abraham's responsibility was to drive them away. Okay? God's going to deal with uh, a covenant now. Okay? And it says when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. And, and Abraham, a low, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abraham, know of a, to Abram, excuse me, uh, know of a certainty that thou shalt see shall be a stranger in the land and that's not theirs, and they shall serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge. And afterward they shall come out with great substance. And thou shalt go unto thy fathers in peace. And thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But the fourth generation, but in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, and the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass when the sun went down. This is where God was showing them things to come, even the trouble that was going to come. And he says, but you will leave out with good. You have a good old age and great substance. Okay? God's not just going to show you the trouble if he doesn't. He will not show you the trouble without showing you the good. You can count on that. He will not show you the trouble without showing you the good. Never has happened. Never will happen. This, if you would, would be the law of first mention. Okay? So if, it's, if you see it in the first time, that means it has to now. That becomes a law. Okay? The law of first mention. If you see something in there the first time, then that now becomes a law. So God cannot just show you all the bad and don't show you the good. Will not happen. 
This is the, 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 the reason why, because he says this is what happens. Verse 15, verse 14, he says, and afterward you shall come out with great substance, and you shall be buried, die in an old age. Okay? Verse 17, and it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between the pieces. This is the covenant ceremony. God walked through, when you cut animals, okay, we'll, we'll look at it over here. When you cut animals to make covenant, God is walking through the midst of it. This is the way, you see, a, a furnace and a burning lamp that pass between those pieces, okay? And in the same day, God made covenant with Abraham, okay? Saying that I've given this land from the river, river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates. Now, this is a study that is in the, uh, um, the Ken of Copeland uh, wrote for our understanding. His Bible has these, um, th these conditions in it, okay? So we're going to go back and look at that. The introduction to covenant is the one that I'm looking at, okay? Then it says the cutting of the covenant. And um, the cutting of the covenant this is, we don't do it much because it's blood. We don't, blood is weird to us, okay? It's recorded in civilizations that it is the total giving of oneself to another forever. The more civilized we became, the more we moved away from the covenant of blood and the demands of absolute loyalty. In the days of the Old Testament, this is how families cut covenant. Covenant was based on strengths and weaknesses not on things in common. Covenant was based on strengths and weaknesses, not on things in common. Okay? Because it's based on differences, there had to be a lot of discussion. It was never entered into lightly because it's going to last for eight generations. Covenant was intended to last for eight generations. There was no way out of covenant without death. Because blood is thicker than milk or water. It's more binding than having the same mother. Covenant is forever, whether we get along or not. You can't help who is born kin to you, but you can choose who is your blood brother. The way we did it is the covenant representative was chosen. And this person was someone who sums up the whole tribe. Jesus was that person, that covenant representative that we need, who sums up all of God. Okay? The covenant site is chosen where the parties can, all of the parties can see where all of the parties can see. It was done in the open. It was not done in dark. It's going to last for eight generations. Okay. The animal is selected, and the covenant cut is different than any other cut. It was parted down the backbone. That's why when he told him, he said, okay, put these uh, animals, put them down, and he separated them. And he put one half on one side and another half on the other side. 
See? So that tells you it had to be down the spine, down the, the bone, okay, the backbone, which made uh, and, and made to fall on opposite sides, creating a walkway of blood between those two walls. And then the covenant ceremony begins. Each man, each representative, then takes off his coat and gives it to the other. Because the coat stands for who I am and all that I am. It stands for authority. So the exchange is, I give myself to you. You remember that time when um, the, the beggar um, wanted to be to be healed and wanted to be, he was blind, he was a beggar, and Jesus said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll heal you. And the first thing that the blind man did is he took off his robe or his uh, 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 his, his his coat because that was his license to beg. Okay, he took it off. Why? Because he was saying, "I will no longer need the license to beg. I'm going to be made whole." They would exchange their robes. Okay, they would give their coats to one another. They would give authority to one another. They would give themselves to one another. They take each other's belts of weapons is the next thing that was exchanged, okay? Because the weapons is a giving of strength. Your enemies are now my enemies. My enemies are your enemies. That's what he had told Abram. He says, I will be a God to you, and your enemies are my enemies. My enemies are your enemies. See, he's understanding what he'd already said before. God made these promises to him. They say, if anybody comes against you, they're coming against me, and I'll deal with them. Covenant. We've got to understand that because this is what he wants us uh, to live in. He says, in this place where they're standing in the blood, even if I die, I stand with you. And they'd walk through this path of blood between the halves, they would do that two times. They would stop in the middle and they would say, even if this animal has died, I will stand with you, even in the midst of death. Standing in blood, I make promises that I can never break. These promises that are made one to another, that is the blessing of covenant. Each representative swears by God to keep the promises making the third party in the, uh, uh, the, making God the third party and a witness to the covenant, okay? Then they would cut their hands or their wrists, and, and because the life is in the blood, they would cut their hands and their wrists, they would lift it up, and, and, and as a, a sworn oath, as with blood running down their arms, to keep the terms of the covenant, they would say, so help me God. That's created a seal. Okay, the scar, because it will never go away. It is the sign that we are absolutely one. See, we don't know these things. <clears throat> we don't understand or think about these things. But God is committed to the covenant blessing, the covenant relationship. Then you would have what we know as the name change. Okay? And so then um, it says that this is the testimony that we are one family. 
that our names are one. And so you remember that as Abram went there, that was his name, Abram. And then he cut covenant with God, and here's the good part about it, because his name changed. His name was now Abram, Abraham, or Abram and I am, Abraham. It's a, 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 we put the thing together. And from that point on, he was named Abraham. See, I am and Abram, Abraham. See, that's why now the blessing of God that, 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 that came upon him came because he was connected to God by blood covenant. So everything that God had now, Abraham had. See, enemy now that Abraham had has got to deal with God because his name changed. I mean, you see, uh, uh, even in England, you would see that people would, 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 would do this, and they would, if you were a, a, a black, if you would work with iron, okay, they, they would, they would call, call you a, a blacksmith, okay? Then if you marry somebody that uh, dealt with copper, they would call you a coppersmith. So they put the names together so that we would know, see? This is what... Jesus has done. That's why when you hear the scripture that says, there is no other name given among men whereby they must be saved. There was a change of names. That's why we are called Christians. Christ dwellers. Christ followers. We took on his name. See? These are the things that, that again, we, you know, we just go, well, I don't know. You know, I, I think I like uh, this thing. No, God is serious. It is like the only way out of covenant was to die. Okay? So, so, so God wants us to, to participate in this. Change our name. Deal with that. That's why there's a, 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 a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That would be a blood brother, see, because he's closer. Because this was a, a this was something that was executed that 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 you can never change. You can't help who who you can is, but you chose this brother. This is a covenant brother. This is a a relationship that is born out of what the Bible refers to as a hasid, mercy. Loving kindness, okay? It's born out of that. So then that's what we should participate in because we've been invited into this mercy, this seed, this loving kindness. Okay? Um, and covenant should cause you to remember. That's one of the things covenant should do. It should cause you to remember. That's why uh, at, at, at the Last Supper, Jesus went through that whole process, and he said, okay, I need for you to know that this blood is the blood of the new covenant. And and, 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 and this bread is the bread of the new covenant. And now as you partake of this bread and of this wine, what you are doing is you are saying, I remember Jesus. These things do in 
remembrance of me. These things do because covenant has been established. See, that's what he's called us into. That's why your victory is guaranteed. See? Because all of your provisions are blood-bought. All of your needs are met because of that blood. See, and you have entered into the relationship that's more powerful than you can ever think. Because the okay, that's good, sir. Because the only way out of that covenant is death. And since we know that God not gonna die, that covenant is eternal, isn't it? Yeah. See? Because the Bible says about Jesus, even though he went through the process to be the sacrificial lamb, to be the, the, the animal that was chosen to establish the covenant, but it says that because he dieth, now he dieth no more. Glory to God. Because he ever liveth. See? So then now that tells me that this covenant relationship is perpetually engaged. And it would do us good to understand it. Because that's where your victory is guaranteed. So again, we ask you, your way or God's way? Are you going to allow him to teach you about the covenant that he's brought you into, to show you his seed, his loving kindness, his tender mercies. His mercies also endure forever. He wants to bless us, which means empowered to prosper. He wants us to be empowered to prosper so that we can fulfill his first command to man. He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, have dominion. He wants to bless us, empower us, so that we can fulfill his promise. Your way or God's way? God's waiting on you today. Father, we just bless you and we thank you for opening our eyes, causing us to see afresh all that you did in for us back in the day when you made covenant with Abraham. Cause us to enjoy that covenant because we know that the blessings of Abraham came to us. So we want to understand the transfer. We want to understand the power that you've given unto us so that we can declare and decree, enjoy and then provide for others that you would cause to come into our lives. We give you praise, sir. We give you glory and honor. Committing it to you is done. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is Lord and Savior, and the redeemed of the Lord said together, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, beloved, again, I will um, give you an opportunity here to, um, if you have any questions or comments about the, the ministry tonight, it might have been too deep, and you might have to work on it and, and go to, to see what all is about, and that's okay. We'll give you that opportunity. But I'm going to now ask if there was uh, any questions or comments you have. Uh, you can go ahead and uh, ask the questions. Area code 404-536-7829. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Go ahead. Area code 404-536-7829. 
Go ahead. Are you on mute? I don't know. I can't hear you. Yes, I was. I was blessed to hear that uh, God repeated Himself, telling uh, Abram that you know He was His God, and for Him to say, "Fear not." A lot of our mistakes come from fear, or or no action at all come from fear. And the first thing He told him to fear not, and I I really like that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's our that's our God. He doesn't want us to connect our heart and therefore our life to fear. So you will always speak a word of encouragement that would, would help us to, to deal with things from his perspective because he always wins. He always triumphs. That's why he gives us the victory. Amen. Amen. Thank you for uh, participating in the ministry tonight, being on the broadcast, all of you who were there. And, um, uh, again, I see people were dropping off because they didn't want to participate in the, the testimony time. And I say to you, the reason we give you the opportunity to ask questions or make comments is not uh, to prove that you know something or to prove that you don't know something. Because, first of all, um, your pace is legal. So if you say what you have been experiencing and you want to see change, tell somebody. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's why we will we'll give you the opportunity every time to, to, to be able to participate in the growth that's necessary here. Well, if you've heard something that was a blessing to you tonight, um, we ask that you would uh, go and ask God, what should you give? Because if you've received a lot of spiritual things, it's not uh, something hard that you should give of the, your carnal things. Because the way we stay on the air is by the free will offerings of you, the listeners, those that would go out and, 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 and tell people about a place where truth is going to be given and transferred so that you can walk out victory. So just go to the website and find the donate tab and allow God to tell you uh, what you should see the soul into this ministry. Go to livesdeliverance.com and find the donate tab. And again, tell all your friends that they can come and listen and they can participate on the broadcast every Monday evening at 9 o'clock. Until the next time that we get together, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Until next time, love you. Be blessed.